This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, we have Chris on from Lumaps, and our topic today is employees prefer video to text-based content. So we'll be talking about the difference between the two uh, mediums, if you will, and why there's a preference over one over the other. So Chris, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and Lumaps? Sure, be happy to. Um, so first, thanks for having me here today. Sure. And uh, then second, uh, let's start with Lumaps. Lumaps is an employee experience platform. So what we really focus on is helping organizations uh, with their overall employee experience, how they engage with employees, enable employees, and ultimately empower them uh, with kind of the longer term goal of, of how do we keep employees around? How do we keep them happy and make them as productive as possible? Uh, and I think, you know, kind of critical to our conversation today, one of the key elements of that is video. Uh, and then for Lumaps, I am the chief marketing officer um, and kind of I wear two hats in the organization. So first, obviously, the marketing piece, but second, also the product management piece. So I like to say I have the best job in the company in terms of being able to drive both product strategy and go to market strategy. That's the first of all, that's brilliant uh, because you get to see it on both sides. You get to see what's working in marketing and sales on that side, what's working with prospects and customers. And then you get to see with pro- product, you get to see what's working with customers. So uh, I love it. It's, a, it's not unusual. It's just not often done. Um, and I, I like, yeah, I, I, I like this setup. Yeah, I like this setup. And just super, super critical to kind of keep your product strategy in sync with 100%. what we're seeing from a customer demand perspective, but also, you know, making sure that you're staying out in front, you know, so we try to keep it more market facing than just, you know, uh, specific to customer demand and really try to stay on the front foot as far as long-term strategy for the space and and where we really think things are going, particularly now because it's evolving so quickly. Right. And you pronounce, you pronounce Lumaps and I pronounce, uh, and I, I did alum like some, but I, I would assume that comes from a, like illumination or, or where does that? Where yeah, does exactly. Exactly. Okay. So um, yeah, you, you nailed it um, just well, in terms of bringing greater illumination to the employee experience. Well, well branded, well done, well executed. So uh, I love that you're focused on the employee EX, what, what a lot of folks are now starting to call EX employee experience and with the, re- with the goal of retention in mind. So some of this is going to be the experience is engagement related. We want people to be engaged, got it covered, but ultimately you're probably graded on, how, 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 or what is our ability to actually retain our top talent? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Kind so of twofold, you, right? Yeah, go ahead. One, yeah. retain it and then two, attract it. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, well, it, both are difficult in, in today's current market. <laughs> I don't think one's worse than the other or one's harder than the other, but they're both pretty, pretty tough. Uh, um, two sides of the same coin is what yep. we like to, to look at it. Right. And, 
I think what we're really seeing right now is organizations that are recognizing, particularly, you know, if I can't rely on that in-office experience to kind of reinforce my culture and drive employee engagement and, and kind of their, their sense of belonging at the organization, I've got to think about it digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're seeing now is for, uh, you know, kind of forward-thinking organizations, a real focus on how do I make that digital experience one that... Uh, makes me kind of stand out in the marketplace, makes my employees happy, even if they're in remote or hybrid environments. And uh, like like we talked about, ultimately uh, makes the organization more attractive for top talent, uh, both in terms of bringing it to the company and then keeping it there. I love this. So text-based content, I'm assuming is email and uh, well, you know, I guess text and, and Slack and things like that. And video is what we think of as video, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or it could be, well, and, and really what we're thinking about is multimedia, right? So it could be a conversation like this as well, too. So, so what are you seeing in terms of like, we'll, we'll deal with the employee side of things first. Uh, What employee, what's, what, what are they engaged by? If it's, if it's video content, is there something that's more uh, engaging uh, than others in terms of what types of video? Um. So first and foremost, we kind of think about it from the standpoint of, you know, a lot of organizations make use of things like YouTube and uh, even um, email to distribute videos. So one, we want to make it super, super easy for people to to distribute video. And we kind of see it from the standpoint of one, you've got kind of top down corporate communications. We talked about that engagement piece and a key part of that is just kind of alignment. Right. And organizations really rethinking how they communicate with employees. Um, so, yes, email was a part of that. And we think about text based newsletters, part of that. Some of the things we do in our own platform in terms of, um, you know, kind of core content management, intranet, how do we uh, kind of uh, put up articles and, and other communications in that environment. But what we're finding and, you know, kind of what started our conversation, some of the survey results, right, is that uh, one, you've got a segment of employees who, quite frankly, um, are more likely to engage with video. They are certainly more likely to retain content that is in video. And that could be top-down corporate communications, but also increasingly, what are we seeing? Uh, We're seeing people using video for training and enablement. We're seeing people using video for knowledge sharing. Um, We're starting to see the same kind of behavior that you see kind of from a social media standpoint in a corporate setting. So, hey, I work in a storefront and maybe I have a, a new pitch about a new product. How do I share that with other people? Well, probably the easiest way is to record that on a video and post it up internally and make it easy for other people in other store locations to access that, view that, uh, and learn from that. So um, really, if you kind of think about Instagram and TikTok and other ways that, you know, uh, a certain generation of employees shares information, same thing in, in kind of the digital workplace. I love this. So I was going to ask you about generational. Do you, have you seen, is, does it track that way that, that uh, I'll just say younger uh, generations uh, prefer certain type of content, older generations prefer a different type of content or generations. It's just not uh, as on the corporate side, it just doesn't shake out that way. 
Yeah, I, I hate I hate categorizing different Me generations. Too. Me right? too. Because, Me too. You know, the, the one thing I can assure you is that that blanket statements are wrong. Hundred um, percent. But well, I think found wrong almost all the time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hundred percent of the time. Uh, but. Uh, I think generationally in terms of how, um, you know, millennials and particularly Gen Z engage with video and use video is, is fundamentally different. Uh, and it is certainly creating uh, workplace trends in terms of how they share information, how they consume information. Um, and, and so all of this, right. It's, it's not a statement of saying, Hey, video replaces text-based communications because it doesn't. Right. And, Multimedia isn't necessarily the right tool for every uh, generation or even every employee in a particular generation. I think it's just as we look at that arsenal of how do we communicate with employees? How do we get information to them? How do we get them to engage with different things? Ultimately, it comes down to, and, and certainly something that we're thinking about from an employee experience standpoint, is how do we treat every employee like an individual and recognize their preferred channel, recognize how they like to receive information, consume information, and perhaps even where we see the greatest degree of retention with regard to that information. I love it. I also I think it. you can... Yeah, you're no fish. Sorry. sorry, I was just going to say, I also think you can kind of start thinking about on what device do people communicate? Uh, consume information. And then, you know, is certain types of communications better for certain channels, right? So if I've got storefront, factory floor, health care workers, for example, who are primarily mobile, you know, do I really want to send them a long text-based communication on a mobile device? Probably not. In that circumstance, do I want to think about maybe a short video? Probably. So we can also start to, to associate different communication mediums with different uh, channels as well too. I love this. So, what have we learned through the pandemic? Uh, because you know, on Tuesday we all went home and went remote. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like that at least. Uh, boom! Now everybody's remote. So, what did what did you see from a platform perspective in terms of people's consumption and and their needs and their desires? Uh, did did you know? I know we reevaluated life, but did you see different things uh, from a content perspective? Um, so first thing we learned is that most organizations, uh, you know, hadn't really thought out how to engage with, uh, their employees digitally. Right. Uh, and you know, I, I, to begin with, I think for a lot of companies and, and I'm talking here more about, you know, in office workers who were used to, you know, coming in, many of whom may not even have had, uh, mobile devices or laptops, right. They were used to working on desktops in the office. And, and so there was, a phase of, hey, just how do we get these people connected? Uh, you know, what equipment do we need to give them on all sorts of stuff? A long time ago, right? Uh, and then we began to realize, hey, you know, we're really not doing a good job of communicating uh, with these employees. And then we began to think about things like uh, productivity, right? And, you know, are we giving them the right tools in the right place? And, and we certainly uh, saw a lot of employees struggling with, Kind of what we call context switching, right? Which is just, hey, I got to go here to get this piece of information so I can go there to complete a certain task and activity and then go back here to communicate with other people about it. And I spend my time switching between so many different applications and it is not a good or productive employee experience. Right. And then, then more recently, and you know, we were talking earlier about this concept of culture as a competitive differentiator, 
right? We also, and I again, don't want to make this generational. I just think we've got a segment of employees nowadays that is very interested in topics that aren't directly work-related, right? And right. they want to think about, you know, how they find purpose at work. What different social initiatives and activities can they get involved with? What communities can they participate in, right? And back to that sense of belonging as an employee for an organization. So when we start really thinking about longer-term what does culture mean for employees? It's got to be more than just, hey, this is a place where I work, um, but how do I really get engaged with my peers, with other people inside the organization? And perhaps also, how do I get involved in activities and initiatives that are bigger than just getting work done? So, you know, um, throughout all of that, uh, what we're finding and, and really kind of core part of the conversation is there are different mediums uh, and different ways of communicating across all of those different things that, you know, where we see video, where we see alternative forms of communication rather than just emails and newsletters being super valuable in building that sense of culture, community, and belonging. Because you're dealing with companies all, you know, all across the strata, you know, people that are doing work all in the office, hybrid uh, or some form of hybrid and uh, or all remote remote forever like you know let's just say there's a spectrum of all those different types of work uh, styles if you will um where where have you seen you know like content being consumed <laughs> like like what i'm trying to unpack is do remote employees prefer certain types of things uh, hybrid employees are you seeing more employees because they're trying to reestablish culture because culture pre-covid was the box it was the office mm -hmm. At least that's what most people thought of as culture. And so a lot of leaders are re-examining that. And a lot of employees are helping them re-examine re yep. <laughs> re that. So I'm just I'm wondering about, again, kind of can consumption, like what you're seeing that works with, within those kind of those, again, polar opposite models of work, right? So all everybody's in the office. Uh, no one's in the office because there is no office or some type right. of variation in the middle. Yeah. And here's the other thing that we don't uh, acknowledge enough. Um, we have this category of employee that we kind of refer to as a frontline employee. And I think it's a, mm -hmm. a tough term, particularly because it means something right. specific here in the U.S. Um, but if you think about in-store employees, if you think about uh, shop floor employees, if you think about, you know, field technicians, yeah. um, you know, so we had this whole thing where, and, and a great conversation about, hey, we had people who used to come in the office every single day and now they no longer come into the office and how did the world change and how did they go digital and all these different things. Um, but what we kind of forgot in that conversation, and I think it's super critical is, you know, during this whole time, you know, maybe for a period of time, we had to shut down storefronts, but healthcare workers, field technicians, like there was a whole class of employee that was still going to work, had to be in a storefront location or in a hospital or uh, in a manufacturing plant. Um, and, and also is kind of a group of employees that has, you know, never really benefited from, you know, if we want to say like previous generations of technologies are intranets, you know, intranets were really kind of designed around office workers and mm -hmm. central sources of knowledge mm -hmm. and really weren't designed to engage and involve and, and empower 
uh, these frontline employees. So here's fundamentally what we see. And right, if we look at kind of the, the uh, consumer purchase process, right, and particularly now, right, we may have in-store uh, experiences, we certainly have online digital experiences. Um, and so kind of on that consumer commercial side, what what uh, different retailers and 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 uh, online sellers have really focused on is how do we enable kind of this seamless experience between online and in-store and things of that nature? And how do we avoid, you know, kind of having a, a, a fractal experience between two of these things? And I think the same. I was going to ask you about that. It's 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 really interesting because that's actually where I was going to go next. Okay. Just your your take on on again, you know, like we think we have pay equity issues now. We're going to wake up five years from now and see real pay equity, pay inequity issues, mm-hmm. uh, because we're going to be paying people in the office differently than we pay people that are remote. And and that's going to be just crazy to think about, but that's that's already happening uh, in comp, and the comp professionals are pulling their hair out because of it, because they're trying to actually lessen the gap, <laughs> not not widen the gap in pay right. equity. Um, so, but you get to see it from a different perspective. You get to see it from a content perspective and a consumption because of the platform. Yeah. You yeah. get to see kind of what people are interacting with. So, what's you know, how, how did you, you're, I would assume you're working with HR most of the time. Yeah. Or employee communications. Uh, yeah. It's either, well, kind of three groups, HR okay. comms and it. Okay. Okay. And so, so with, with those groups, we'll just deal with the HR and the employee uh, comms folks or the uh, comms folks in particular. What, what, did, how are they navigating like the different types of employees and what they need? What, like, how are they trying to figure out like what works what should they try or experiment yeah. with? Like you're a marketer, so you, you know what experimentation's like, right? So, <laughs> what what what? How do they figure that? Because it seems like like math, like uh, and math, the real hard math. So, how are they figuring well, that it out? It is certainly data and analytics. Yeah, and uh, what I mean by that is that we really and kind of what I was hitting on earlier, we need to like borrow a couple of pages from how really advanced retailers engage with their customers. Right. Mm-hmm. And we think about all the technologies there. So, you know, what we're seeing is organizations that are starting to think about, Hey, you know, one, I need data to really be able to segment and understand that I have different groups of employees who have different needs and requirements and perhaps even individuals, right? So I need to communicate with them in a very personalized fashion. Two, I need to think about communications as more than just one-off events, right? I might have a campaign. I might have on the HR side, we talk all the time with uh, HR professionals about things like journeys, right? So not just how do I communicate with them, share information with them, but how do I enable them in a very seamless and easy way to take action? Because usually from an HR standpoint, I want them to do something. And then, you know, lastly, what we really want to be able to do is then feed data and analytics back to communications professionals, HR professionals to say, hey, look, Here's a campaign, for example, that you've designed. Here's how people are interacting with it. Here's what they're consuming. Here's what they're not consuming. Mm. Here's where you're having an impact. Um, and also look at the outcomes you're driving. Are people doing the things that you want them to do based on the communications uh, and different journeys that you're sending out to them? And I think if we become 
much more personalized, recognize that employees aren't just a body of people, much more intelligent about how we communicate to those different segments. And then if we are constantly testing and improving, we can provide a much better employee experience. I love this. But uh, the last thing I want to kind of unpack with you is kind of what's the, what's the reticence? Like what, what's, what's holding people back? Cause you know, again, you're, you're doing what's to change, right? Uh, yep. And you're, you're asking folks rightfully. So you're asking them to um, put, put content in and, and, and get employees to put content into a place. And there's vulnerability there, um, you know, cause some of that's going to be business related. Some of it's going to be personal related and which is good because that's what employees want. But I can see from an HR perspective, that's also, there's, I can see them being terrified of this uh, on some level, especially older folks in, in HR, maybe that are used to the, uh, the employee assistance uh, program or, or the, or the internet <laughs> or something like yeah. that, where yeah, they just yeah. post and then that's it. There's no interaction. It's just the PDFs there. Good. Find it, you know, look for it and find it yourself. Um, so what, what do you, what do you see from a marketer, even on the sales side, what do you see as kind of the objection response part that that's there? Uh, for for and yeah. again, you have three folks that you're you're dealing with, so it probably might be, might be different for those different folks. Well, it is certainly different for those different folks because they they have different challenges and responsibilities, right? Right. Um, and 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 I think fundamentally, first and foremost, it's about getting organizations at a leadership level to recognize that they need to think about their employees differently. Ah. You know, they attract and retain them. Right. right? Yep. Um, and, I, and I think the market conditions that you referenced earlier, Lynn, totally helping with that argument, right? Um, right. Increased competition for resources, increased cost of resources. Right. And I think it's really driven home the point that it is uh, far more efficient to retain an employee than to replace an employee, regardless of what role they play in the organization. So there's some of that. Um, I think the second piece is, is, you know, we used to do all this stuff through broadcast, right? It was just, hey, look, here's the latest uh, update from the CEO. We push it out to everybody. Right, and, right. and that's easy. It's pretty simple and straightforward. Um, and maybe we work with him or her on how we present that information, or maybe we even begin to use video and stuff like that. But um, what we, you know, I think where people get concerned is, hey, there's a lot of complexity here, right? Same thing on the marketing side when we went right. from, advertising to suddenly doing very personalized campaigns, right? We've got a segment, we've got to understand different groups differently. We've got to be able to then build different journeys and communications for them and things like that. And so I think it's a big shift and it requires investment. It requires uh, new skills and a new way of thinking about how we engage with employees and communicate with employees. Um, and so all those things kind of have to come together all under that umbrella of, hey, this is really important. Here's why. And by the way, when we go through and we look at ROI, right? Number one is always retention, right? right. The downstream from retention, right? Avoided cost of hire, avoided cost of onboarding, avoided cost of training, skills development, yep. loss, productivity. The impact is massive just in terms of saving one individual in the organization. And then when you're dealing with very large retailers who have like 20 plus percent turnover, you know, that impact gets multiplied significantly. 
drops mic, walks off stage. Chris, thank you so much. This has been wonderful and eye-opening. And I love that you started with leadership and getting their minds, you know, to change. Uh, and and I think you're right. The market is helping them because, you know, if, if, if the market weren't the way, the uh, candidate-driven market, employee-driven market, if it weren't that way, they probably wouldn't change as fast. I mean, they still change. Like we'd, we'd still see this change, no doubt, uh, where we do care more about the candidate experience and the employee experience, but it would just take longer. It would take you know, years. And now I think those conversations are easier because they're seeing people leave and they're also seeing recs stay open longer because it's harder to fill. So I, I love that we talked about this. Thank you so much for carving out time for us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at Recruiting.